You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. It ain't the left side. For the right side, and it must be the fin side. Thank you, Solo D, and welcome back to another episode of On the Fin Side. I'm here with Kat Catanzaro, as always, as well as Travis Wingfield from the Lockdown Podcast, Antoine Staley, formerly of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, and Rob Prophet, who has always been a regular contributor to the show. Tonight, we are doing our annual version of the mock draft for the first round. What we're going to do is we're going to rotate through everybody for the picks. We're going to go go to Cat first for picking on behalf of the Arizona Cardinals. Cat, you picked Kyler Murray, quarterback from Oklahoma. Tell us why. You know, it's it looks like it's been a package deal on this from the beginning since Cliff Kingsbury was hired. I mean, he's known Kyler Murray since back in high school. There was a sound clip of him from a little while ago this past college football year saying that he would take Kyler Murray number one overall. Then he becomes the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. And since then the whispers have gotten louder and louder and louder. And Kyler Murray's the pick here and really a remarkable one year at Oklahoma, over 4,300 yards passing over a thousand yards rushing too. And look out for Josh Rosen on the trade market after this. All right, up next, we've got Rob Prophet picking for the 49ers. Rob, you took Nick Boza, the defensive end from Ohio State. Rob, tell us why he's going to the 49ers. I went Nick Bosa at number two to the 49ers. I feel like he's the best player on the board. He's an edge rusher. Big need for this franchise and an immediate impact day one starter. All right, up next, we've got Antoine Staley picking on behalf of our beloved New York Jets. Antoine, you took Josh Allen, the defensive end out of Kentucky. Go ahead and fill our listeners in on why you went with that. Uh, Josh Allen, uh, great, great pick. Uh, definitely, arguably one of the best players in the draft, and uh, the Jets definitely the defensive end rush up, so he'll definitely be a bit need for them at, um, at number three. Travis Wingfield, you are up with the Oakland Raiders. You took defensive tackle Quinnen Williams. Go ahead and fill our listeners in on what you're thinking there. Yeah, they really don't have much of a need at the position, but I just think that he's too much of a talent to ignore right there because, for my money, I think Kyler Murray's the best player in the draft. I realize I'm alone on that amongst many draft pundits, but I think that Quinn Williams is the next best guy. He's just so dominant both from a pass rush and running game standpoint that I think you can't ignore his talent, and that's why he goes off the board here to Oakland number four. All right, up next, we've got Cat picking on behalf of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Cat, the pick is in, and you took Devin White, the linebacker out of LSU. Go ahead and say a few words about this pick. 
Yeah, this is another popular one to go to the Bucks. They lost Quan Alexander in free agency to the 49ers. They have a need at linebacker. They've added a lot of players on defense over the last few years, like Jason Pierre-Paul, like Brent Grimes a couple of years ago, but they've never really got that defensive leader, that defensive backbone that's going to really strike fear not only into the opponents, but also his own teammates as well. All right. Up next, New York Giants. Rob took Rashawn Gary, the defensive end. Rob, go ahead and fill us in. For the Giants, I went Rashawn Gary. He's a former five-star, number one overall recruit. Didn't necessarily have the production at Michigan, but he has a lot of upside, can set the edge, and is a player that the Giants need. Antoine, you were on the clock with the Jacksonville Jaguars and took offensive tackle Juwan Taylor out of Florida. What was the thinking for this pick here? Well, they definitely need offensive line help, and why not go get somebody that's really close and in Gainesville as Juwan Taylor. I uh, definitely think somebody that could be an instant starter for him and definitely could help protect Nick Foles in the pocket. Up next, Travis is going to break a lot of Dolphins' hearts, picking on behalf of the Lions. Ed Oliver comes off the board, the defensive tackle out of Houston. Go ahead, Travis. Yeah, man, he's just he's too good like Quentin Williams was for the Raiders here because he can play pretty much any position on the defensive line. As far as what the Lions need, they actually don't have a big defensive line need. But as you can tell by this point, I'm very much into taking the best player on the board. I believe you draft good football players, you're going to have a good football team at the end of the day. And Ed Oliver, the five-star recruit out of high school, comes into Houston, stays in his hometown at Houston, which really could have gone to any program he wanted. Just dominated guys, double teams, triple teams, three technique, five technique, nose tackle. He does it all. Up next, the big offensive tackle, Andre Dillard, comes off the board and goes to Buffalo. Cat, what's Buffalo's thoughts here? You know, Ed Oliver would have been the pick here for me. So the good news is even though me or the bad news is that Ed Oliver does not fall to pick number 13 to the Dolphins. The good news, he gets swooped up here right before the Buffalo Bills pick. But Andre Dillard's a solid player at left tackle. I mean, he's probably the best pure left tackle in this draft if we're counting Jonah Williams as a right tackle or guard. And in doing so, they're going to be able to take Deion Dawkins their current left tackle, move him to that left guard spot, strengthen two positions, and have two good players blocking for Josh Allen moving forward. All right. As a Dolphins fan, I am glad Rob took this guy off the board with his next pick. Denver took quarterback Drew Locke out of Mizzou, surprisingly ahead of Dwayne Haskins. Rob, go ahead and fill our listeners in on why, why Denver's going with Drew Locke here. For Denver, I felt Drew Locke was the pick here. I think John Elway has his eyes set on a quarterback, and Drew Locke is the quarterback of the future for the Denver Broncos. Speaking of Dwayne Haskins, Antoine is on the board with Cincinnati, and it looks like he's coming off the board two picks ahead of the Dolphins here. Antoine, why do you have Cincinnati going Dwayne Haskins on this one? Uh, This might be a bit of a wild card, but, yeah, I definitely can see the uh, Bengals possibly taking Dwayne Haskins. Obviously, that would be a big hit, a home run hit there in the state of Ohio, and uh, definitely they could bring some new life in them. I know they've had Andy Dalton for years, but I think Haskins will be a good fit for them. All right, Travis, you are on the clock with Green Bay. O- offensive lineman Jonah Williams, who Kat mentioned a few picks ago, comes off the board here. What do you got? 
Yeah, another heartbreaker for the Dolphins because I think that Jonah Williams would slide into that right tackle position and be a day one starter for them, a plug-and-play guy. And you look back at his freshman tape, was probably his best tape in college uh, at right tackle. So I think that he's a great spot there. The Packers have had issues with Brian Balaga missing games basically every year of his nine-year career. I think he's like 32 years old. So Williams can play guard this year while Balaga tries to figure it out. And if he can't, he slides into right tackle right away. All right, up next, we're going to do something a little bit different because the Dolphins are on the clock here. This is Cat's pick here, but we're going to get to Cat last amongst everybody. We're going to get who they would have taken based on how the board has fallen. So, Travis, I'm going to go back to you first since you just picked. Who would you have taken if this was your selection here for Miami? Number one option here for the Dolphins for me, pretty much no matter how the board goes, is to trade back. So that would be my first choice. As far as what's on the board, I honestly, I need a, uh, I need some help with what's available because I don't have it in front of me. So we've got Cody Ford, Christian Wilkins, DK Metcalf, TJ Hawkinson, uh, Grad, Garrett Bradbury at quarterback. There is Daniel Jones. Please tell me you're not taking him. Uh, <laughs> Brian Burns uh, is, is also available. Uh, Noah Fant, Juan Thornhill. Who you got? I'd probably I'd probably go in the direction of uh, Garrett Bradbury just because I think that he's the best offensive lineman in the class, and that goes for tackle, guard, or center. And I think Miami's center position has been a problem for a long time. And if you want to rebuild the foundation of your team, going up the middle is the best way to do it. So give me Garrett Bradbury. All right. I'm going to jump in right after Travis here with who I would have gone with. I would have gone with Christian Wilkins, the defensive tackle out of Clemson. Miami definitely needs to solidify their trenches. You can't really go wrong with an offensive line or defensive line pick here. And I think Christian Wilkins comes in, fills a need, and really gives Miami a solid defensive tackle rotation as we move forward. And it is is truly a steal at 13 for me. Up next, we're going to go to Antoine. Antoine, who would you have taken if if you were making this selection on behalf of the Dolphins? For the Dolphins, yeah, if Christian Wilkins is on the board, I definitely think you could take him, somebody that can play uh, multiple positions on the defensive line. And obviously the Dolphins need a lot of help, but I definitely think first and foremost they need a lot of help on the defensive line, and I think Wilkins would be an instant starter and somebody that can come in and play right away. All right, last last hopeful pick that that would have been. Rob, if you were selecting for the Dolphins, who would you have gone with at 13 based on how the board fell? Yeah, for the Dolphins, I would take Christian Wilkins or Jeffrey Simmons. Christian Wilkins is a tremendous player, had an incredible career at Clemson, was able to push the pocket from the inside. He's a dynamic uh, cultural fit and uh, some a player that the Dolphins could bring in and uh, be an immediate day one impact player. As far as Jeffrey Simmons, Texas A&M uh, center Eric McCoy, who's probably one of the toughest players in the draft, called Simmons the best player he played all year. And McCoy played against uh, Quinnen Williams, who'll probably go top five. I think Jeffrey Simmons pre-injury is a top six lock in this draft. He's an incredible player. He's probably going to have to redshirt, but in 2020 would be an unbelievable talent for the Dolphins. All right, Cat. after all of that, let's go ahead and hear who you picked. I've got Cody Ford, offensive lineman. What's the thinking here for Miami? Well, first of all, this is a nightmare board for the Dolphins if it falls this way. I was ready to take Jonah Williams with the next pick because I think the Dolphins need to solidify that offensive line. You've got somebody who can play right tackle. You can, he can play guard. And Cody Ford fits that same 
positional fit there. He was the right tackle for Oklahoma, but he also did start last year or the year before he started six games at left guard, too. So he does have that positional versatility, 6'4", 330 pounds, and he can move people off the board, and he looks pretty effortless in what he's doing, too. So I see him being able to fill at least one of two needs along the offensive line. All right, Rob, Atlanta is on the board, and it looks like Christian Wilkins no longer is out there for anybody. You took him for Atlanta? Go ahead and explain the pick here. For the Falcons, I take Christian Wilkins. I believe the Falcons have kind of shown over the last few years that they like Clemson products, taking Vic Beasley, Grady Jarrett. I think Christian Wilkins at this point on the board is the best player by far, and I think the Falcons plug him in at defensive tackle next to Grady Jarrett, and that defensive line is stout. All right. We, our first wide receiver comes off the board next as Antoine is picking on behalf of the Redskins. Antoine, you picked DK Metcalf out of Ole Miss. Kind of a steal to some folks, kind of an early pick to some folks. Go ahead and fill our listeners in on why you think he's a great fit for Washington. Yeah, they definitely need uh, they need a quarterback and really a wide receiver, but if they got Case Keenum, maybe he can uh, be the spot starter for a year and why not go get a guy that's dynamic and is poly- is, uh, powerful as DK Metcalf. I definitely think he's arguably the best receiver at the draft. All right, Travis with Carolina took TJ Hawkinson, tight end. Travis, what's Carolina going to do with TJ here? Yeah, they're going to be a run-heavy team like they always have been with Cam Newton, kind of as more of a trigger man to the Wildcat, the quarterback draw game. And TJ Hawkinson gives them that true inline Y who can eventually replace Greg Olson when he finally retires. Or I think Olson actually might have retired this year. So even better for the Panthers to go ahead and fill their tight end need with the best guy in this class who, for my money, is probably going to go a lot higher than this come draft day. All right, Cat, New York Giants, Daniel Jones, quarterback, Eli Manning's heir apparent. Go ahead and talk about this one. It's not something I would do for sure. I mean, I throughout the entire process, I'm just not quite understanding what the whole appeal is with Daniel Jones. I mean, I've heard they could take him possibly at six overall, which would even be a bigger shock. If you take his combined NFL quarterback rating at Duke, it was 82.7 throughout his throughout that process. But, you know, he didn't have great help at Duke, and it seems like a lot of the coaches and the scouts like him a lot more than we do on on the show here. So, But he is the pick. I can't see the Giants coming out of this first round without a quarterback. So Daniel Jones is the guy to succeed Eli Manning. All right, Rob, you took a guy that we've already heard Travis talk about briefly here. Garrett Bradbury, the center, goes to the Vikings. Go ahead and fill our listeners in on that one. I think the Vikings go Bradbury. I think this is a really solid pick for this team. They need some help up front on the offensive line. Bradbury's the best center in the draft and a day one starter. Antoine, you are on the clock for Tennessee. And a guy that Kat and I both mocked to the Dolphins earlier this offseason, Brian Burns, the edge rusher out of Florida State. Antoine, how does he fit with Tennessee in your eyes? Uh, they definitely uh, – I know they got Cameron Wake there, but they obviously Wake is 37 years old, so – why not go out and check the war and get more pass rush and help it? I definitely think Burns can learn a lot from Wake, and uh, I definitely think that would be a good pick for the Titans there at number 19. All right, up next is Travis taking another tight end off the board as Noah Fant goes to Pittsburgh. Travis, how's Noah Fant going to fit with Big Ben? 
And he's going to be the uh, replacement for Jesse James, working the seam up the middle of the field, obviously providing a big body in the red zone. He's super athletic. And a lot of people think he's probably even better than his teammate, TJ Hawkinson. Definitely was thought of that way coming into the year. But I think he's kind of more of the new wave NFL tight end, the detached F position that can go out wide and play a, a souped-up receiver for you in the way we were hoping Mike Gusecki was going to play last season. Well, hopefully Gusecki gets around to it this year. But yeah. up next, we've got Cat picking for Seattle. Juan Thornhill, the DB. Cat, how's he fitting that Legion of Boom? You know, this might seem like a huge reach, but it's not looking quite uh, like it as much anymore because, I mean, Thornhill has been moving out up throughout the whole process. He's been a big-time playmaker at Virginia. I believe he had 10 interceptions over the last two years. He's He can play cornerback. He can play safety. But one thing uh, the Seahawks always do, they always seem to reach on a player like this that fits their defensive or offensive scheme. You look at – Rashad Penny and James Carpenter and Malik McDowell and these types of players raise some eyebrows, and I think this is going to be that same type of guy. I see the, I see them starting Thornhill out as that press cornerback, converting him from safety, kind of like what they did with Trey Flowers last year after they drafted him. So he's the pick here at 21, and I think they're going to try to have him as a day-one starting cornerback. If not that, then move him to safety eventually. Up next, we've got the Ravens and Rob Prophet, who takes the second wide receiver of the draft here, in Nikhil Harry, who seems to be a good fit for Baltimore. Rob, how do you see him fitting in? The Ravens desperately need wide receiver talent to help Lamar Jackson. Nikhil Harry is an unbelievable talent. He's able to stretch the field, very dynamic with the ball in his hands, and can make an incredible tandem with Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. All right, Antoine is up with Houston, who takes Caleb McGarry, the offensive tackle out of Washington. Antoine, how's Caleb going to fit in with that offensive line out in Houston? Yeah, the Saints need uh, offensive line help, and I definitely think McGarry was one of the best players that's off the board at the time at number 23, and I definitely think he'd be a good fit for the the Texans there. Travis is up with yet another Raiders pick. Cleveland Farrell, the defensive end, is off the board. Travis, what do you got for us with the Raiders? They're going to have to find someone to replace the production they lost from Khalil Mack after that bizarre trade, to say the least, last year. I think that Cleveland Farrell right here makes a lot of sense for them. He's kind of a double type of player, a home run, not going to be a guy that you fail on. Probably going to be able to get you seven to eight sacks a year in the prime of his career. And I think Oakland can do well just by getting good football players in their team like Cleveland Farrell. So Travis has meted up that defensive line out in Oakland for Chucky. And now Cat is on the board with Philly. Dexter Lawrence, the defensive tackle, comes off here. Cat, go ahead and tell us a little bit about Dexter Lawrence. Massive player at 342 pounds coming out of Clemson. I mean, this is somebody who legitimately runs between 5 flat and 5-1-0 in the 40. I mean, but he's going to take up a lot of room in the middle of the Eagles' defensive line. You know, I think they're looking for quality depth management now as opposed to a – surefire superstar so Lawrence is going to be able to get into that defensive tackle tackle rotation quickly may even succeed Fletcher Cox in a couple of years as as Cox gets on the wrong side of 30. Rob Prophet you see Jonathan Abram the safety going to Indianapolis how's he going to fit into that Colts defense that needs a lot of help as, as we move forward here. Jonathan Abram is an unbelievable safety he's a guy that the Colts can pick he's a day one starter they can plug and play him. 
Uh, he can play inside that dome. He's a huge hitter, a guy that can play all over the field and has range. He's an incredible pick for the Indianapolis Colts. All right. Finally, an Oakland pick that's not being performed by Travis. Antoine, you are on the clock with Oakland, and you've taken Devin Bush, the linebacker out of Michigan State, to sit behind the, the defensive lineman that Travis already took. Tell us a little bit about this pick. Yeah, I um, I, I definitely uh, looking at Devin Bush, uh, him sliding down. This so, so a little bit of a surprise this far, but the Raiders definitely need all the defensive help they can get, and Bush would just come in and be an instant starter and somebody that can help their pass rush, especially since they no longer have Khalil Mack. All right, now back to Travis with the Chargers. DeAndre Baker, cornerback. How's he going to fit out there in, in uh, L.A.? Yeah, the Chargers in one of those really enviable positions where they can basically go with any position they want because they're so stacked across that entire roster. And I think DeAndre Baker is going to be a guy that goes up higher than his testing times would, uh, would make you think that he would because he's such a good man cover guy, and the NFL really needs that. And so the Chargers just take one of the best cornerbacks off the board right here and get even better in their secondary. All right. Cats up with the Chiefs, and he took a player that we've seen all over every board uh, based, based around a few things here. Cat, Jeffrey Simmons, the defensive tackle out of MSU. Talk to our listeners a little bit about that. He's an interesting guy. I mean, this talent-wise could could have been one of the top five players in the NFL draft. Two things regarding him on, on the negative side. Number one, he tore his ACL uh, last month when he was getting ready for the NFL draft combine. But he should be probably he'll probably sit out this first year and be ready in 2020. And then you've got a heck of a talent. And number two, there are a lot of problems surrounding him. Um, oh, excuse me. There's one specific incident when he was 16 years old that involved just a nasty video of his sister, I believe, getting into a fight. And he basically had ended up he ended up hitting a woman on that. So just a terrible situation regarding that. Since then, as, as terrible as that was, 4.0 grade point average, model citizen, turned his life around. and But he's still going to have to win over a lot of these general managers, too, um, throughout the process, not just with that incident, but with his torn ACL, too. The Chiefs are a team that are known to take a chance on players like that. I don't know if they're going to do it with Tyreek Hill's recent problems, but Andy Reid and the Chiefs are the type of team that typically tries to get that done or takes that risk on that player. All right. Now, Rob gives Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers another weapon in Marquise Brown, the wide receiver. Rob, how is he going to fit with Aaron Rodgers out there in Green Bay? At 30 for Green Bay, I pick Marquise Brown. This is an incredible talent, a wide receiver that I think Aaron Rodgers desperately needs. They have spent so much uh, of their picks over the last few years spent on the defensive side. It's really about time they they spend some 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 uh, picks on the offense. Antoine is up with the Rams, and Greg Little, the offensive tackle out of Old Miss, is going to L.A. Antoine, tell us a little bit about Greg Little here in the pick. Uh, they the Rams definitely need some offensive line help. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so I definitely think Little would come in and uh, definitely be a starter for them right away, and somebody that can not only help Jerry Goff but also help their running game and Ty Gurley. All right, with the thirty-second overall pick and final pick of the first round, Travis is on the board, and I have to tell you, he shot me the pick with instead of Patriots, Cheater Scum as the name of the team, which. As Dolphins fans, we can always get behind. And, Travis, you took 
Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, the safety. How's he going to fit up there in that New England defense? Yeah, totally unbiased, right? <laughs> uh, with, Chaun- <laughs> with, with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, I, you know, I feel like I gave them the benefit of the doubt with giving him a great player on the board here, so I was able to call them what I called them in the email chat. But Cha- Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is one of the best conversion type of safeties in this draft. And by that, I mean he's a guy that can play a single high center field role and basically replace the range they lost with Earl Thomas, but also come down and cover in the slot and be a really pesky man cover guy in that really important position in today's NFL. I think the Dolphins would love to get their hands on this guy. And because of the way that the Patriots run their defense, similar to what the Dolphins are going to do, he fits that scheme and provides a replacement when Devin McCourty eventually retires. So, Rob, I want to ask you real quick about one of the selections you made. When you selected Drew Locke for Denver, Dwayne Haskins was still out there on the board. He went next. Uh, Antoine picked him at number 11. What made you go Drew Locke ahead of Haskins in this one? I think Drew Locke has a little bit of a better arm and a sense of power. I think he's a player that in Denver, in in those elements, the winter months, uh, Drew makes a lot of sense. I've heard, uh, and you know, this is all rumor season for the NFL draft, but I've heard John Elway is a big fan of, of Drew Locke. I mean, I personally think Haskins is a better quarterback and a better player, but I just think there's something to the fact that of Denver and the homework they've done on Drew Locke and John Elway targeting Drew Locke think there's something to that and that's kind of why I went Drew Locke Um, again I I believe Haskins is the better player but I just I kind of feel that that may be one of the first round surprises is that Drew Locke goes over Dwayne Haskins in round one all right so Antoine looking at this draft this mock draft I know we all had Montez Sweat slide out of the first round was that the biggest surprise to you or was there anything else that really stuck out to you after we went through this yeah, that definitely surprises me. Uh, I definitely think tone-wise, uh, I think everybody would probably agree he is a first-round talent. I definitely think that uh, definitely some issues there that maybe scared some teams or scared some people off. But yeah, um, if he if he were to slide out of the top top first round, I would definitely be surprised. I could definitely see a team possibly trading back into the first round just to draft him. So, yeah, I would definitely be surprised if uh, Sweat did not get drafted somewhere down the lower first round. So, Travis, I'm going to go to you with a real quick question here before we wrap up because I want to get your thoughts. Montez Sweat slid completely out of the first round. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's purely the medical situation because we saw Maurice Hurst do the exact same thing last year. He was thought to be a first-round talent. He comes back with a heart condition at the combine, and I think he went in the fourth round. I just think GMs are, you know, this is a league of guys that are very paranoid about everything, and they're going to see that heart condition and say, well, you know, I can't waste a first-round pick on a guy that won't play for me, but if I waste a third or fourth-round pick on a guy that doesn't play for me, then that's better. But to be honest with you, I had him in the exact same spot in my mock draft, my personal mock draft. And I took him off the board at pick 33 with the Arizona Cardinals. So he might not wait around that long, but that medical is enough to scare some teams away. That's for sure. All right. Now, Kat, question for you. What was the most surprising thing to you about the first round of the, as, as we've mocked it here? If sweat was a big one. Um, I, I would have to say that of all the picks that it looks like I had the most reaches for sure, because Juan Thornhill was, 
without question of the player that drafted 21st overall, that would be the biggest reach of that first round. Other than that, um, I'd say Caleb McGarry fits a very good need for the Texans at right tackle, or he can possibly play guard too. I see him more in that second round type of area, but if they are going to reach on a player here in the first round, you better finally get Deshaun Watson some protection along that offensive line. All right, and I'm going to ask one last question of each of you. Based on how the board fell, if you're the Dolphins in the second round, who would you project to be the pick for the Dolphins there? I'll go ahead. Travis, and start. Go ahead. Uh, I, yeah, no problem. Uh, I, would, I would go heavily after Boston College's uh, guard, Chris Lindstrom. I think the Dolphins have been all over. I know the Dolphins have been all over him in the pre-draft uh, preparation, and I think that he's just a perfect plug-and-play right guard that can come in and solidify a position that has been a nightmare for very, very long in Miami. So Chris Lindstrom out of Boston College, the right guard. He's the guy yeah. I've absolutely been drooling over. Kat, who would you go here? Lindstrom is a, a possibility. Uh, Dalton, Re- Dalton Reisner, the right tackle out of Kansas State, is somebody I hope falls to that spot, even if the Dolphins do take Jonah Williams or Cody Ford there at 13. I mean, I think there's going to be a group of center guard tackles available in the second round, and most of them are going to be selected before that uh, 48 pick, like Lindstrom, uh, like Dalton Reisner. You've also got uh, McCoy for the center from Texas A&M. You've also got Elgin Jenkins from Mississippi State. You've got Greg Little from Ole Miss who could fall to that spot. So I think what you're going to see is one of those offensive linemen shake loose, fall to that number 48 pick, and I think it makes a great value and need pick for the Dolphins at that spot. All right, folks. Well, you have listened to the round one NFL mock draft. Huge thank you to Travis Wingfield, Rob Prophet, and Antoine Staley for joining Kat and I here on the show. Make sure you like and subscribe. Leave a comment down below. Let us know who you would have taken on behalf of the Dolphins in the first and second round based on how this board played out, as well as anyone that you think is a big surprise miss for us in the first round as well. And if it's not on the right side, if it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian, Cat, and Paul about to do again. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.